Oh, 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 it's that time of year. As we're recording it, we are about 77 hours away until the kickoff of the NFL season. As long as Patrick Mahomes doesn't get COVID-19 in between then, we are ready to rock and roll. I'm joined this week by Mr. Daniel Weber. How are you doing, Dan? Dude, that song gives me goosebumps. I'm all jacked up. Life might have some normalcy coming up here Thursday night into a blistering Sunday. Life is good. I like your optimism. I agree. Hey, man, glass um, half full. Glass half full. There's nothing wrong with that. It's been a fun year. Um, and But, yeah, it, like you said, it's fall is for footballs here in America, and college football isn't so much happening all around the world, but or all around the nation, but NFL is ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm ready to rock and roll, dude, and this is, this is going to be a fun first week. Hell, yeah. We're back in year two. Um, everyone's kind of got their, I feel like, bearings straight, and hopefully teams are, you know, you feel a little bit more confident. It's year two. You know what you want to do. You know what your team is. There shouldn't be as many surprises, but there's always surprises. It's the NFL. It's football. Players bust. Players get injured. It's going to happen. Uh, this week's pod, we are going to cover the week one matchups, and we'll do what you guys are always used to hearing, us breaking down and ultimately making our predictions. Uh, Dan, do you have anything to add before we jump into all this? Yeah, I think uh, just to just to go back to something where where you said you know we're back into week one. I, this year is going to be interesting. We haven't seen anybody really out of camps. Um, everybody's just looking through and seeing reports coming out who they like, who they don't like. But we haven't seen any of these guys in action, and I think that'll make for some of these rookies uh, a very interesting way to go about it. And who's going to be the big boomers, and who's going to be the steal of the draft that we have, and who's going to be a bust. I totally agree with that. It's going to be not even just for rookies, but team or players that change teams, teams that got new coaches. Uh, it's there's a lot of unknown, and I I 100% agree. I think if we see any surprises this year, there's going to be quite a few this first week. It'll be interesting too to see how this comes down to really us as the manager starting the right people, playing the right situations, and really setting yourself up to have the best roster for what you need to go through and do. And this, when you talk about the fact that, especially for these first four weeks, I think, mm-hmm. this is all going to come down to your managerial decisions on who you're starting, why you're starting them, and not overthinking or or actually needing to overthink your decisions. This is true, but fortune favors the bold. And we will see who makes the right calls and who you know stirs the pot just right. Um, but all right, let's jump into the first or this week's matchups. And the first one we're going to jump into will be Sam versus Arman, uh, two teams that did not do anything close last year to sniffing the playoffs. But there's some reason for optimism. Um, do you want to break this one down to start off, Dan? I'd love to start there with the toilet bowl. Just kidding, boys. Um, no, this is at least for on pen and paper. This looks like it's going to be a very interesting matchup, and I think it starts with Arman starting Tyrod Taylor. Um, I think this is going to be a little fun piece, and it's going to be interesting to see how he and that Chargers offense kind of roll around. Um, but top to bottom, uh, you know, it's an interesting piece for, for Armand starting. Uh, DeAndre Swift with Saquon, um, Cooper Cup playing a young kid in Preston Williams out of Miami where Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be throwing the ball now. A lot of young unprovenness other than Saquon, of course, and Cup, but a lot of – a lot of younger people here. And then you look over at Sam's, the the, the rookie team, with Jacobs and Akers there. 
Godwin Kirk starting this guy named Adam Troutman down there. That's a ballsy decision at uh, tight end, but when you look at who his options are, there's not I think that really is his best anybody option. else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and th- this would be a very interesting matchup. I'm going to take Sam, but it's it's not going to be pretty either way. Yeah, I, I fully agree with pretty much everything you just said. I think both these teams are very evenly matched up. Um, I think Sam's roster decisions are pretty cut and dry. Um, you know, maybe some of these rookies do a little bit better. Um, one that name that I think is going to be interesting is James Robinson to watch, or to see what happens with Reichwell Armstead. Apparently not going to be ready anytime soon for Doug Marone. He's that, on COVID watch. Yep, that backfield is going to be, I mean, it might just be dog shit, but maybe Robinson blows up and becomes a pretty solid fantasy producer. But uh, when you look at Armand's team, I think he's actually got a few decisions. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky got the start for Chicago, and he's going up against a Lions defense that historically Mitchell always torches, and you know they traded away their top corner this offseason. Um, so that's maybe one name that I'm, I would maybe consider starting him over someone like Dwayne Haskins. Um, I think the other I, one to look at that would be Zach Moss potentially too. Yep, Interesting to see how the Buffalo backfield gets split, what they're going to be doing from an offensive perspective. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Sam, though, and I'm going to make actually my first prediction for this pod is I think Sam and Armand, I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think both their teams are going to be feisty and scrappy enough that they're going to be a pain in the ass for people. Um, one week they're going to score 100 points. Another week they're going to put up like 190 points because their team just goes off. They've, they've got a f- uh, almost a full lineup. Um, but, you know, in Sam's case, they're a little bit younger. In Armand's case, you know, maybe there's injuries or just general unprovenness with some of the younger players. But I think they've got enough that it's going to be a they can, they can wreck some havoc. And I don't think they're going to be an easy win week in and week out for opposing teams. Yeah, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna get beat, this is those are two of the three teams that I think will just piss you off more than anything else if you drop a week to them. I absolutely agree with that. It's gonna be frustrating because you're gonna be like, why didn't I play them last week when they scored ninety four points? Um, all right, let's jump into the second matchup we'll cover, and that will be um, Chris versus Steve. Um, and I'll I'll break down this one. Um, so when we look at the matchup of Steve versus Chris. Um, on paper, this looks like a matchup that Chris, or excuse me, Steve should be comfortably winning. Um, at quarterback, he's going to start Matt Ryan, and in the f- Superflex, Beg- or Ben Roethlisberger, um, after missing all last, virtually all last year with injury, he reportedly sounds good in camp, but, you know, how, as you alluded to, Dan, we haven't seen him perform on the field, so we can only take, you know, journalists and coaches' words for it. Um, at running back, he's got Aaron Jones and David Johnson, um, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Noah Fant, DJ Chark Jr., Jarvis Landry, um, and Deontay Johnson. Um, that is a very sound lineup for, for Steve. Um, and then as we look at Chris, he's got Cam Newton. Um, I'm very excited to see how he looks in that New England offense. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the Probably, maybe, Rookie of the Year in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Terry McLaren, T.Y. Hilton, Rob Gronkowski, Will Fuller, 
Carrie Ann Johnson, Jonu Smith, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, on paper, that's a pretty solid starting lineup, too, for Chris. Um, But I just think Steve has the more consistent top-end talent, so I'm going to take him in a comfortable-ish win week one. I think it's, yeah, the big piece that that sticks out to me for Steve's team is there's three starting Pittsburgh Steelers on that roster. Mm -hmm. And if they lay a goose egg, that's going to be a real, real rough thing to try and overcome. Um, You've got Michael Thomas, which you got to feel really good about. Jarvis Landry, who demands targets to go with it. And Matt Ryan's just going to continue to utilize his weapons. Uh, You've got to really, really feel good about everything that you see from Steve's roster. Um... With Chris's team, I, I use Elliot and Hilaire one two. You got to really, really feel good about. Um, but when you start moving down into the flex positions, you get a couple question marks. Is Will Fuller going to be healthy? Carry on Johnson. What part of a workload is he going to get? I love John U. Smith perfect personally. The guy I don't like is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has continued to show us that he's the Joe Flacco of fantasy seasons. With it, so the question that I would have is: Do you start Drew Locke and take a shot with? the young kid and the talent that's in that offense. Oh, man. We're going to disagree right away. Okay. I I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think second year in a Shanahan, well, second full year, knock on wood, in a Shanahan offense. Uh, Last year he tore his AC, or two years ago he tore his ACL. Last year was his first year back, and all he did was lead the team, or help lead the team to the Super Bowl. Um, He wasn't perfect by any means, but he was coming off a torn ACL, Every quarterback, pretty much ever, improves year two after a torn ACL. Um, I believe there's two fun statistics that I love with Shanahan offenses. Um, Matt Schaub, the first year, was very, with the Houston Texans playing under a Shanahan-led offense, was very mediocre. Uh, Year two, he went on to lead the league in uh, passing yards. Uh, Matt Ryan, very similar situation, had a lot of turnovers, and year two, cut them all down, and was NFL MVP. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be NFL MVP, but he's actually a player that I'm very, very high on. Um, I think the defense is going to regress, and there's not going to be a lot of great, or as many great great game scripts where the offense is rushing the ball and pounding it all the time, uh, which means more passing. Uh, Add in guys like Brandon Ayuk, and, you know, a full year of Debo Samuel, hopefully. I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and I guess I'm the other way on it. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, has shown year over year that, just like Alex Smith, just like Joe Flacco, he's not going to be the flashy fantasy guy that you really want him to be. He's going to manage the game. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to throw for a ton of yards. He's going to make sure that he does everything not to lose the game and let his defense and the running game set him up for success. Yes, you have a weapon like George Kittle and everything like that, but you've got three different runners that you can come out of the backfield with. You've got a young kid in Debo, which has proven to be effective on end rounds and quick tosses with part of it. I just don't see the excitement that you see in Jim Garoppolo. At the end of the day, I'm going to take Steve in this matchup with it. Um, this, this again, will be an interesting one to, to go through and do because you never want to count out an Ezekiel Elliott uh, burst game. Yeah, I think Steve has two interesting bench players that I'm curious if you would give any merit to starting. The first would be A.J. Green um, over maybe someone like Deontay Johnson. Do you? He didn't play at all last year. He was injured, but he should be healthy. This whole Cincinnati Bengals offense should be drastically improved i i like aj green 
with it. I think he is the better position over Deontay Johnson. Um, you help break it up a little bit there, and Joe Burrow is going to come out. I think they're going to let the kid have a little gunslinging action on on week one to showcase the talent that he is. So I, I would pick personally Green over Johnson. I agree. And the second one, which I think I'm going to know the answer to this one, but mm-hmm. at tight end, Blake mm-hmm. Jarwin potentially over Noah Fant. Honestly, so the, uh, it's interesting you say that. I was going to go the other way. I was going to say Dan Arnold, um, oh, that's... which is that that's going to be another questionable piece where the piece people are going to think about that. But this kid's a talented kid. Now, I'm going to say Fant's the right way to play. With it, again, I very much am invested in this Denver offense this year. This is one of those ones where I pick up a lot of good vibes and good things that are coming from different reports and pieces that I read about the talent level with it. Um, and a tight end is always a young quarterback's best friend with it. So I think that, yes, Dan Arnold has, has Kyler Murray. Um, Fant has Drew Locke with that. Um Jarwin, I think, is going to be the lost person in that offense. I think you're going to see too many wide receiver pieces um, that are going to be focused on. I don't see him getting the vast target share with it, but I think Fant's probably the play between the three. All right. I would go Blake Jarwin. I think there's going to be a lot of passing attempts, catches, yards available in that Dallas offense. Um, but... Yeah, won't disagree with you on the the options there. It's where, which big names are you going to feed first? Right. Let's move on to the third matchup, and it's it's not a sexy matchup. We have Zane versus Jerry. Uh, so I, do I, do we get to basically cover that Jerry is this year's Sam? We yeah. just when these Why pop don't you up, break you say it down. Zane. Go for it. Okay, Zane. Oh, sorry, you want me to go more? Yeah, sorry, we'll we'll go a little bit more in depth here. I'm keeping track on our um, pick-em sheets again this year with it. Um, So looking at Jerry's team, Marlon Mack, is he going to be the bell cow? Is he going to start the the season with with part of this with JT coming out and about? It's funny that it's Mack versus JT. Yeah, but it, correct. Yeah, I think that's super there. Um, Alexander Madison has shown that he's a fantastic spellback for Delvin Cook. The problem is, is he doesn't start. Um, Metcalf and Brown, two top-tier young guys. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., that, that question mark with part of it. Um, two first-year guys and a second-year guy in Ruggs, Higgins, and Renfro. And then gotta got to love the Fitz Magic start. Mm-hmm. With with it there, I mean Jerry kind of lost out on the Foles piece, lost out on the Stidham piece. With it, Kyle Allen had an outside shot up there, so not really loving the quarterback play. But when you look at the other side, uh, we just say the word Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, which eh, OBJ is what it is. With it, Tyler Lockett, I love this week, uh, especially against Atlanta. Um, Aaron Rodgers playing in Minnesota is going to be a little bit rougher of a piece there. But I like Zane. Yeah, I mean, there's really that much to add to this. I think both teams have pretty cut and dry starting starts at questions. Um, Zane's team, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more as the season progresses, but the depth could be a little dicey if some injuries happen or, you know, if Justin Herbert rides the bench for a long time. Um, the only, I guess, spot that I'm curious if he would consider more, it would be starting to Cohen if Montgomery's out. Um, he could be in for a pretty big uh, 
week, if that's the case. Yeah, I think the other interesting name to watch in his roster is Jarek McKinnon. Um, it's a Shanahan offense. He loves his pieces with it. McKinnon, obviously, he's coming back off of a big injury with it. Uh, but he, he went into that offense for a very specific reason. And now he's coming back, and the reports are coming out saying he's looking absolutely fantastic. Uh, my question is, how long do you think it is, if at all, do you think he takes over that backfield? I mean, until proven otherwise, I think it's a question of when he gets injured as opposed to when he takes over a backfield. I don't know. I, I just, I'm very, I'd be very pessimistic to have Jarek McKinnon. And I think Zane's playing with house money at this point. So oh, 100%. If he gets anything, great, but... Uh, so the I only other the only other roster question I'll ask you for Zane's for Zane's roster. Uh, do you consider starting Dallas Goddard this week? Um, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed. I think you would maybe start him over someone like what Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, maybe, and load up with the two tight ends with him mm-hmm. and Evan Ingram. Yeah, I, I, I like it, especially in a premium league. Yeah, I'd consider it. I mean, the the Philadelphia Eagles seems like. They're going to be kind of in the same situation as last year. The tight ends are going to play a huge role, and I could see Goddard, you know, busting out to what everyone sort of thinks that he'll eventually be when Ertz leaves, but that's close to a top 12 tight end this year, maybe. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's keep it rolling with uh, the next matchup involving Kevin and Adam. And I will break this one down. And do 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 stalling so I can pull this up. All right. So for Kevin's team, he's going to be rolling with Matt Stafford at quarterback, along with Daniel Jones in the uh, superflex. At what running backs, he has Derrick Henry, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Todd Gurley, and then wide receivers. We've got Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Marvin Jones Jr., and of course his old reliable tight end Hunter Henry. For Adam's team, he's got, I mean, the reigning, uh, no, not the reigning MVP, the reigning Super Bowl MVP in Patrick Mahomes, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, many people like him for a huge year, Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, George Kittle, Chris Carson, McCole Hardman, Justin Jefferson, and Philip Rivers. I think I like Adam's team just because of the elite top-tier talent, but that Justin Jefferson start just sticks out like a sore thumb right now. I mean, but when you look at that, who else is your – I mean, looking at his roster there, what other option are you going to go down? I mean, you go maybe Matt Breida, Kenny Stills, D.D. Westbrook, um, hell, even O.J. Howard. I don't know. Justin Jefferson, we'll see. But, again, we haven't seen anyone on the field, but – He's maybe been like the only rookie wide receiver that has been disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting matchup to look at here. You know, Le'Veon Bell hasn't had a lot of good pieces coming out of out of camp with it. Um, it yeah, it, Kevin's team. You, I'm pretty sure you understand kind of what you're gonna get from a lot of his from a lot of his players. I think your your ceiling to floor ratio is less than what you would see on Adam's team. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think I'm going to lean Adam as well. I think this week when we look at certain matchups, we look at um, different players and where they're going to be at, I think there's more 
excitement when you look at Adams' team from a week one perspective, especially when you get to watch Patrick Mahomes come out week one against Houston and and have a little bit of fun to, to start the year off. I think the guy that you want to look out for is Emmanuel Sanders. I think Michael Thomas is going to cut – continue to get a lot of attention. I think this is where an Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a very nice possession receiver, going to really help move the chains, um, and is going to see a lot of volume when teams decide they're going to pay their respects to Michael Thomas. Yeah, and I, I think Kevin's team actually could be a little bit exciting this year, or week one could be huge for him, because you look at all like the young rookies that he has on his team, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Anthony McFarland Jr., Antonio Gibson, Gibson yep. um, we have Brandon Ayak, Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, there's they're rookies. They could all take a year, several weeks to break out. But who knows? Maybe week one will be their coming out party. Um, I'm curious, would you maybe find a way to start Antonio Gibson if you were Kevin? Or given the starters that he has, it's not really something you can consider. I think that it's tough. When you look at his available slots, Henry against Denver, Henry's a must-start. Yep. Le'Veon Bell is my question mark with it. Buffalo has a better secondary than they do stopping the run with it, so he's an interesting piece. I still would lean Bell. Um, Gurley is a question mark for me. Um, Ridley is interesting, but I like the I like his his matchup with the Seattle's uh, mm-hmm. pass defense. Marvin Jones, maybe that's the piece you sit is Marvin Jones against Chicago. I was just gonna say I think that's my my pick. I would roll the dice with the rookie. Um, given that he looked like he might be playing in against the the eight ball against Adams team. So why not try to swing for the fences? Yep, and you're not you're not sharing or stealing a stack off of it with Marvin. Um yeah, it it's definitely would be worth a uh a, th- a dart throw. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Um, the next matchup, it's the Knicks. Uh, yours truly versus Nick Ruth. Yeah, this is, yeah, I'll start. This is this is where we really start to get some of the meat and potatoes here, and it started with Adam and Kevin's matchup as that was the last team in and the team that was fighting for it um, coming into this. Now we've got arguably some of the top teams in, in the division that everybody wants to be in. Um, we'll start with you, Mr. Weir. Uh, Russell Wilson, you gotta love that. Cook and Connor. Connor's gonna be your the bigger question mark, but you gotta like what Dalvin Cook brings to the table. Robinson, Cooper, two big name, big talented wide receivers. Mark Andrews, he's gonna be the one I'm gonna see if he can duplicate what he did last year in that offense. And if he regresses a little, that kind of sucks. But if he can put the performance up that he had going through last year, you've got to feel really good about your tight end spot. Um, Sean Watson, Kansas City. Waller, again, same thing with, with Andrews. If you can put up those numbers, that's going to be great. Uh, starting Mostert in an interesting piece in the San Francisco backfield. He, he's proven that he gets the keys to the, to the car, but there's a couple other people riding in that car with him to go there. But overall, that's a – I mean, you got to love what you're, what you're doing there. Not starting Kyler Murray against San Francisco, favoring the matchup with Kansas City and then Atlanta hedge your bets, figure out one way or another there, but yeah, I, three great options. Uh, looking at Ruth, you've got Dak Prescott, and, and this will be the, the bold prediction I'll make. I'll say Dak Prescott finishes the year as a top three fantasy quarterback. 
Um, I think that he's going to have all the weapons and all the pieces that are going to go there. I think Dak's going to be one of the more interesting quarterbacks to watch this year. Mixon. I'm going to... Yep, I go think ahead. he was QB3 last year. Oh, okay, then that's not so bold. Anyways, <laughs> um, this is my problem, man. I'm not drinking when we're doing this. Like, I, not, All my shit actually you know, is real. Um, Mixon, uh, Cincinnati offense, question mark. Devin Singletary is how much is he going to lose to the Zach Moss acquisition? Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Eh. The Evans piece is interesting with Tom Brady there, I think. Tom Brady hasn't been able to throw a really, really amazing deep ball. Now, that probably hurts Godwin more than it hurts Evans yep. with it. But if he, if Evans can turn into a Julian Edelman, what a great, great offense to be in. Travis Kelsey is nothing to argue with. Diggs and Buffalo, I'm a massive fan of. Chris Thompson to probably playing for the PPR fact that they're going to be down. Curtis Samuel is a question mark for me. And we're starting Baker against Baltimore. I might lead the Garner Minshew route there personally. Um, I like the matchup against him against Indy a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of hedge your bets with it. I'm going to take you, Mr. Weir, in this matchup. Um, I think there's more things that favor the talent that you have on the roster. Um, and then I'll go ahead and let you figure out what you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at my team, the one spot that I'm just kind of internally debating is the Raheem Mostert. Um, he's on paper, you know, going to be the, the starting running back in a Shanahan offense, which is usually pretty, pretty good. But who knows? That's It wouldn't be the first time that a running back for Shanahan is disappointed or he's gone with a hot hand or maybe it's Jarek McKinnon. I don't know. Um, I've got a few other options that I could consider behind him. So we'll see. I might tweak that a bit. Um, looking at Nick's team, I don't know how Nick feels, but... The the last few flex spots, I feel like, just give you that... They don't give you a warm, tingly feeling. Chris Thompson, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel supposedly is not looking too great for Carolina. I mean, all the stuff that we're saying, whether they're looking good or looking bad, it's based off a reporter's opinion or not. So you, I guess you got to take it with a grain of salt. But that doesn't... I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, though. I think I would consider Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield, especially against Baltimore. Um, Yeah, I think Nick's team is... He's got, like, the elite top-tier talent, but I think some of these last few bench or starter spots, it'll be interesting to see if maybe I'm just undervaluing them or if Nick needs to try to make a move or two to solidify things. So would you? Let me ask you this question: Would you consider starting? So between Curtis Samuel, okay, mm-hmm. the rookie Golden Gandy Golden, yeah, and the tight end Chris Herndon, which of those three would you want to start in that final flex spot? I would probably roll the dice with Herndon that's, out of those yep, three. That's where I'm at. I think that that's an interesting one. And then you've got Eric Ebron too. I missed that name as I was scrolling through there. That um, I, he could be interesting this year for sure. Yeah, a couple question marks, couple couple interesting pieces there. Um, yeah. Are Are you ready for my next prediction? Okay, let's go ahead. I I so I think the first blockbuster like that happens during the season is going to involve Nick Ruth, and I think it might be involving Baker Mayfield. On the just positive, because, like trading Baker Mayfield, oh. trading him away. Oh. Okay. So here's just a random hypothetical that I thought of three minutes before we started talking about this podcast. 
Okay. Nick Ruth approaches Steve. Baker Mayfield for Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Jones. Nick shores up his running back position and gets a big Ben who should be, frankly, awesome this year if he is healthy in that Steelers offense. Um, For Steve, I think he's... The moves that he kind of did when he pawned off uh, Kittle and Julio was for an eye on the future. And if you believe in Baker Mayfield, getting a young quarterback like that, I think, could make a lot of sense. Yeah, you definitely trade a youthful piece for an older quarterback that you maybe have a year or two left out of and a guy that's coming up on a contract year where you have no idea where he's going to be. It's definitely more of a win-now piece for Nick to solidify a lot of things up. Yep. The question is, is... You know, it, yeah, yeah, that's it, it. You're not hurting yourself by being in the other division, so. Yep, just a random idea. But I'm kind of, I guess that maybe I just like Gardner Minshew. We'll see. Maybe he's going to bomb this year with the Jaguars trying to tank, but I think he might force the issue for Nick. And if Nick's trying to fill a hole or upgrade somewhere, that's going to be the first move that makes sense to do it. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody told you this, but garbage time points count the exact same as regular time points. Absolutely. And Gardner Minshew might have a lot of those. Yeah, yes, yes. All right, now this is, let's go to the granddaddy of them all, the defending champ. Stefan is taking on Dan in a action-packed week. All right, well, let's start off. Let's talk about Dan's team. He's going with... Josh Allen, before I go any further, is this the week? 300 yards. Yes. Yes or no? I start, okay. They're starting against the Jets 100%, and I think, and I'll put this out there, he hit Stefan Diggs for at least 150 yards and a score. All right. Okay. Allen hits 300 yards week one. All right. Did, did you um, might as well just for every week. I can't fucking hit it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, I mean, there's nothing else you can really add. He's might be the top overall player in our league melvin ingram or mark ingram mark Mark. um then we have Devontae adams newly acquired adam thielen could be blowing up this year hayden hurst which is everyone's breakout tight end or you know who they're looking at tyler boyd julian edelman michael gallup and drew Brees. when we get over to the champs lineup we have mr tv12 tom brady uh, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Tyree Kill, Cortland Sutton, Zach Ertz, Devontae Parker, Tyler Higbee, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Jared Goff. Uh, before I jump into things, is there anything you want to add? Or... It's a lot of, lot of talent on there. A lot of big names. A lot of guys with some, some pretty sexy matchups along the way. A couple of spots where you really you got some rough matchups. Um, yeah, man, this is fun to look at. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and I, for starters, when I look at it, both of you guys have some options under your bench. I mean, you have, when we look at your team, you've got Kirk Cousins, you've got Philip Lindsay, you know, you've got, uh, one more, Austin Hooper, potentially. When we look at, um, Stefan's team, I mean, maybe Bridgewater, um, Jordan Howard, Leonard Fournette. Um, Brendan Cooks, um, Golden Tate, a few other options. But even with all that said, I think you guys are starting the guys who I would start. I can't really nitpick at who the starters are right now for you. For you, Dan, 
how do you feel about Julian Edelman this year? Edelman's the rough one for me. It's you hope that you understand that the Julian Edelman you've understood is the possession guy that Tom Brady likes to hit because he has this development relationship with him. There's a new quarterback coming in there, and Cam Newton could find a different piece, a different target for his volume and all his pieces. Edelman's shown his reliability and everything, but I don't feel good about where he sits right now. And he's one of the guys where I continue to sit down to this day and say, should he be starting in this in this first week? Yeah. Now, but then I look and see that they're playing Miami, and I think, well, this is a no-brainer. You start here. Yeah, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think you just got to roll the dice, and who yeah. knows how this New England offense is going to look with Cam and you know Brady less, but... I think the yeah, only option that I would great. look at is if I'm not starting Gallup, I'm going to start um, – or I'm sorry, if I'm not starting Edelman, I'm going to start Beasley and play the stack with Josh Allen. All right, going down, swing in. If you're going to go somewhere, you go down – I ride the horse that I came in on, and that's always been my Josh Allen train. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, and when I make a prediction, I don't feel great. Right now, though, I give the slight edge to you, um, just because, like you said, kind of the matchups. I like, you know, Josh Allen against the Jets. Um, Christian McCaffrey's healthy. I know the Raiders should be tough this year, but eh, he's going to feast week one. Mark Ingram, it'll be interesting to see how his role progresses throughout the season, but you got to imagine week one, you can confidently expect him to be a high-end RB2. Um and everyone else, I mean, Adams, Hurst, uh, Boyd, like, good matchups. Yeah, I, I'm giving you the edge, but ever so slightly. Yeah, when I look at it, Kamara should have an amazing week with Tampa Bay, against Tampa Bay. That could Shut- be a shootout, and there's, yep. you got you got Breeze on your side, and he's got, you know, Brady, Kamara, mm-hmm. and maybe Fortnite if he changes his mind. Yep, Chubb's going to have a little rough run into the Baltimore strand. Mm-hmm. With it, um, Ertz against Washington, you've got to absolutely freaking love that. Oh, Devontae yeah. Parker, they say he's going to be good to go week one um, with it, so that's going to be an encouraging piece. But that's, again, a tougher – it gives him somebody to throw to with it. Higby I love against Dallas. Goff against Dallas I'm not so overly thrilled about. But I like Goff to Higby, which is nice for him to have the stack. Um, Melvin Gordon is the the other interesting piece to it is how much of the workload is he going to end up with um, Mm -hmm. is going to be the big piece with some of the other guys that are there. You assume it's going to be the bigger piece. Um, And I don't quite off the top of my head remember how well Tennessee's run defense was from the last year. I mean, Um, now that they added Jadavian Clowney, I don't know if they'll play week one, but he's about the only thing that he does amazingly well is defend the run. mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, and uh, how much snaps he can get in week one. It, it, it always hurts and potentially could become the kiss of death, but I will also take myself in this matchup. Um, I mean, when we when we look at this, and I've talked to Stefan about it, we've gone from everywhere to Stefan winning to me being .4 ahead on the projections to yep. now currently sitting up by just sitting up for myself. It's been a roller coaster of emotions and something to continue to watch and work with. I know I will be sitting down next to Stefan as the noon games play out. Um, for a little in-person rivalry, so it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the matchup, but I will take myself in this matchup. All right, so when you're waking up Tuesday morning and you find out that you lost, 
who is the guy that you're going to be like, God damn it, why did he go off against me? Who, who scares you the most on Stefan's team to do that week one? Zach Ertz. Right. It's the, the matchup against Washington. You hope that it goes big and heavy early and that Ertz doesn't play in the second half and you only get burned on two quarters of football. Um, I think that's the one that could really frustrate me, but also looking at the Goff, um, the Goff-Higby stack against Dallas, I think would be the other one that could that could upset me there because I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of scary pieces that are there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious to see the Goff and Higby stack, and who knows what to expect from that whole team this first week. Outside of, I feel like, Robert Woods, I until I see how that team looks, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how they incorporate the rookie in Acres. I mean, Daryl Henderson, Higby, Everett, they're going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. This is... Everything that you look at, it's going to set up for an amazing week one. Everybody, I think, matchup to matchup has something that they're really excited about with what they have and something that they're looking at the other team going, motherfucker, this is going to come bite me in the ass, and I just know it's going to happen. Well, we were very creative because we agreed on every single matchup this week. Yeah, yeah, it's I, – I, I don't have the statistics ready for me, but I will – when we go into week two, I will make sure that I have the statistics from last year, everything that was pulled in. But, yeah, going six for six on week one, I believe, historically favors the six teams that are picked. All right. There we go. Um, winding down for this week, Pod, quick recap. Uh, anything you want to add? Um, random thoughts as we look ahead of the season on some people you like, players you like, teams you like? Yeah, I think the one thing is, is always remember to continue to check your inbox or Discord or whatever means of communication you use just to make sure that we have the teams and trades and facilitating of talks going on. Yep. Um, that I think that's another one that makes it going on. Um, Hayden Hurst is going to finish as a top five tight end. Again, I think that that's a piece of the offense there. Um, when, when is Hurst going to finish higher than Noah Fant? Hurst will finish higher than Noah Fant, yes. Noah Fant will be a top 12 tight end. Um, Hayden Hurst will be a top five. With it, I think I, I'll go out on the limb here and I'll say it. I, I, most people that play in leagues with me know this. Drew Locke will be a top 15 quarterback this year. Um, that offense will be absolutely fantastic. Um, and my biggest bold prediction, George Kittle will not be a top three tight end. Interesting. And that has nothing to do with injuries? or It has nothing like to do with injuries. I think that team is going to be different. I think there's guys that are set up in other positions that will be more effective than George Kittle will be. Hmm. That Those are my bold predictions. Interesting. I covered a few of my predictions. I think one of mine that I'm going to add, and it's not really player-related... I don't think there's going to be any 2021 first-round draft picks moved during the season. Ooh. I think now that teams saw what they're worth, what can happen in the offseason with the rookie draft, even though this college football year is going to be a little bit weird, I think teams are going to wait and hold those picks and wait closer until the draft or even day of the draft to move them. Okay. Okay. Um... I'll just go out. I hate to say this. Justin Herbert's going to be a bust. I'm sorry, Zane. But I don't like... 
I just don't believe in him. Okay, so so I'll, I'll ask this question then. So okay. two, two is not starting week one. Yep. Herbert's not starting week one. Yep. Um, Burrow is with it. So how long before Herbert and Tua take over their respective teams? I'll say both will start sometime during October. So okay. I think we go the, this entire month of September with neither of them starting. Obviously, barring injuries, but if the team has a choice, I think it's going to be sometime in October. And I'll say Herbert will start first. Okay. Um, my only other prediction is I think... Um, hmm, I'm trying to think if I want to say this or not. <laughs> I say that all the time. And she just blurts <laughs> out of my mouth and I don't care anymore. Nope, that's fair. I think CD Lamb is going to be a top... 16 wide receiver this year. All right. He's going to have a historically great year, and I think he is very quickly going to supplant Gallup and Cooper or um, Amari Cooper. I think I think Cooper of the three will have the least productive year. All right. All right. That's really all I I have. Um, yeah. I'm I trying mean, to look and see if there's anything I'm missing. No, um, no trades went down, so that's pretty simple to cover. We're just, I mean, just think about it, dude. Thursday. Thursday we get football. Can't fucking wait. Oh, let's hope, so excited. Let's hope no COVID shenanigans happen. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, week one, it's around the corner. Get those lineups set, and let's hope for a good year. Absolutely. All right, till next week, fellas. Yeah, buddy.